Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the May 12th episode of Poets and Muses. We chat with poets about their inspirations. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. You can follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. Today, I will be speaking with Suchita about her poem, Our Origin Story, and my poem, Reflections on a Recently Departed Past. Before we do that, however, I'm going to go over all the poetry events taking place in the Valley during the week of May 13th. On Monday, May 13th, from 5 to 10 p.m., Savannah Lutman and the Phoenix Firebird events will be hosting their second-to-last Forever Firebird charity open mic series at Third Space which is at 1028 Grand Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic is between 3 and 6.30 p.m. During this week as well as next week, the series will be donating proceeds to a specific charity. From 6 to 7.45 p.m., Christy White and the Arizona State Poetry Society will be hosting their monthly Mustang Poets Open Reading and Discussion at the Mustang Library at 10101 North 90th Street in Scottsdale. From 6.30 to 8.30 p.m., Patty will be hosting her monthly poetry roundtable workshop at Changing Hands Bookstore in Tempe, which is at 6428 South McClintock Drive. On Tuesday, May 14th, from 6 to 8 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its weekly poetry writing workshop at the Chandler Community Center at 125 East Commonwealth Avenue in Chandler. From 8 to 11 p.m., King Kong will be hosting his weekly The Underground Experience at 2601 on Central, which is at 2601 North Central Avenue in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Wednesday, May 15th, from 7.30 to 9 p.m., Lacuna Cava Bar will be hosting its weekly open mic at their location, which is 831 North 3rd Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic begins at 7 p.m. Wednesday is also the last day to sign up for Palavra Bookstore's monthly Pocket to Me event, which would take place on Saturday, May 18th, between 6 and 9 p.m. You can sign up by emailing info at palavrasbookstore.com. Again, that's info at p-a-l-a-b-r-a-s bookstore.com. On Thursday, May 16th, from 7 to 9 p.m., Long Known Publishing will be hosting its weekly Phoenix Poetry Slam at the Lost Leave, which is at 914 North 5th Street in Phoenix. Make sure to get there by 6.50 to participate. From 7.30 to 9 p.m., District 4 Poetry will be hosting its monthly poetry open mic at Jared's Coffee, Tea, and Gallery, which is at 154 West Main Street in Mesa, Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7 p.m. From 8 to 11.30 p.m., Quinton Oni will be hosting his weekly open mic at Jobot's Coffee and Bar at 333 East Roosevelt Street in Phoenix. Signing up to get on the mic starts at 7.30 p.m. On Friday, May 17th, from 7 to 11 p.m., Cleopatra will be hosting her monthly Organic Poetry Slam, which is at the Unexpected Gallery at 734 West Polk Street in Phoenix. On Saturday, May 18th, from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m., 
the East Valley Poets will be hosting its monthly short program and open reading at the Tempe Pile Center, which is at 655 East Southern Avenue in Tempe. From 6 to 9 p.m., Palabra's Bookstore will be hosting its monthly Pocket to Me event taking place on site at 1738 East McDowell Road in Phoenix. On Sunday, May 19th, from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m., Connect and Heal will be hosting its monthly poetry workshop at the Chandler Public Library, which is at 22 South Delaware Street in Chandler. From 3 to 5 p.m., follow Connect and Heal to Improv Mania, where it will be hosting its monthly open mic at 250 South Arizona Avenue, also in Chandler. From 4 to 6 p.m., Four Chambers Press will be hosting Our Hearts Go Out to You, Four Chambers Final Farewell Event at Changing Hands Bookstore in Phoenix, which is at 300 West Camelback Road. And now let us turn to our poet guest of the week, Suchita. Hi, Suchita. Thank you very much for coming on to Poets and Muses. Hi. It's, it's my pleasure, absolute pleasure to be here. Um, yes. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. Yeah, I'm really, really happy to be here. Good, good. I'm really glad to hear that. Happy to have you on. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. I moved to Arizona, yeah, I think 2017. I moved okay. here because I wanted to go to ASU. Mm-hmm. And I kind of have been writing. I'm a computer science student, but I love writing. So that has always been, it's been a part of my life. Okay. Since a very long time. Call it coincidence, but I bumped into Suzanne, I bumped into Arizona Masters of Poetry, okay. and then that's how I met you, and okay. I just kept meeting people who right. like poetry, and here we are. Yeah, I like connecting with people who like to write, who like to express themselves, because I think poetry really speaks to the other person more than if you would just have a basic conversation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you can know a lot about the other person if you read their poetry. Yeah, 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 it really condenses. Yeah, things. because sometimes you write about some dark events of your life, mm-hmm. which is really difficult to express, but poetry gives you that channel to yeah. put it out there. Like I never really tell my parents how grateful I am to have them, but then when it comes to writing, I can express it much better. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. And since you said you started writing pretty young, do you remember how old you started writing? I remember I used to write in journals and stuff since I guess I was 15, 16, but that mm-hmm. was like high school stuff. Right. Then one of my friends, he came over to my place, we used to study together, and mm-hmm. he just saw a piece of paper lying, and I had written a poem about stars, I think, in that. Mm-hmm. And he really liked it, and he gave me a little nudge to start writing my blog and okay. take it to a public platform. Yeah. So I kind of owe it to him. I'd say that's how I started writing, and I guess I published my first blog post in 2015, end of 2015. Okay. So it's been four or five years. Really? Yeah. And you have been writing poetry since it sounds like before you were 15, before you were even doing your journal. Yeah, I used to write poetry, but they were mostly like, um, so for me, poetry was a very different version then than it is now. Like, I used to think every poem rhymes, Mm -hmm. every poem has a rhythm, like, it needs to have a proper structure. It was more about what words I'm using than about expressing myself. Eventually, you end up realizing when you get more comfortable, it's not so much about the words than the feeling that goes into. Right. Writing the poem, what you're trying to express, and 
it really speaks to the other person more than you know. Yeah, that's kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I find that central to poetry, as you said, is the feeling. And once you get the feeling out, I always tell people who are aspiring writers to write first and then edit later. Because you can always edit the form. As long as you put down what you write, and sometimes worrying about the form can keep the flow from going. Yeah, I used to stop about fairies and unicorns. I still write about fairies and unicorns, right? right? In a yeah. much better way, I'd say. Like, I can express better. But yeah, I have always loved writing, be it essays for high school. And I used to be a student reporter for... Um, Okay. Uh, my high school newspaper. I used to love whenever it used to come to report writing or essay writing or letter. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite part about English, right. the writing section <laughs> uh, and the subject. Otherwise, I didn't really bother writing the questions and answers section. It was just mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd spend a lot of effort and time in writing the essays and knowing what the other person wants. Mm-hmm. It used to be fun. I'm mm-hmm. putting down your thoughts on a piece of paper. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is, it is. Did you do a minor in no, um, writing journalism? No, I have always, I don't know why, for some reason I always wanted to be a software engineer. So I never thought of English or literature as studying. Mm-hmm. So I never pursued it from an education point of view. It has always been a hobby, which later turned into a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, how you write stuff in your journal and sometimes you might write something which and you think, hey, that's pretty good. I should share it with someone. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And that's how I started writing blogs. My blogs are basically about, there will be sometimes really short stories or mm-hmm. there will be stuff like, when somebody asks you, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And mm-hmm. you write about that. And sometimes I write poetry. Mm-hmm. I also like writing emails. Mm. a lot. I know that that is like a very old way of communicating, but I still write emails to my friends, to my family sometimes, mm. because post is too slow to be very honest. <laughs> so I just go with emails. Right, emails, right. Yeah, so I like communicating my feelings while I'm Okay, so you, you write more electronic letters. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because when we think of emails, we usually do think of them more like a professional tool yeah. than anything else. Yeah. That's really interesting. You answered that the person who encouraged you to write a blog post, mm-hmm. the blog you started four years ago, saw you writing basically your poem. And he was a study study, uh, study yeah. partner. Yeah. Is he the person? No, he's, no, he's not the same person in the poem that we are going to discuss. Okay. That's a different person. So I have four really special friends in my life. We have been together since high school. Okay. We are still in contact on a daily basis. So, oh, wow. uh, yes, I just got lucky, I guess. Um, yeah, it's nice to find people who share the same level of crazy as you. Definitely. So it's always nice to find someone, hey, you're as weird as me. Let's be friends. <laughs> so that's what happened with us. So I have written poems about each one of them. I have a poem dedicated to Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like a series. Yeah, it's like a series. <laughs> so, yeah, I do have my own series called Friends, yeah. which is these four forms. In it. It's very nice. Yeah. We really show the depth of feeling you have for them. But let's not talk in, <laughs> in just theory. Let's let the audience hear this, which is called Minion. So if you don't mind reading it for us, and then we can talk about it. Yes, sure. Every time I watch Phil and Sarah Kay go up on stage and perform, 
an origin story. My heart is all giving. Maybe because it sounds a bit too familiar, I have a story that's vaguely similar. Mine started when the universe conspired for me to bump into this boy who grew up in the same city and shared the same initial as mine, who worshipped Harry Potter as if it was something divine. Days then turned to months, which then turned to years, and we lost track of times. When the Harry Potter stories switched to Friends and Dexter and Sherlock, to something more serious like having an apartment with a room for dogs and books and drums. Even though neither of us has a clue what exactly the drumsticks are supposed to do. My best friend once asked me, are you guys dating? To which I replied, even though this person is everything I look for in a partner, we are not dating. For we are much more than relationship goals and couple goals. And I'll tell you why. Because we are rare. We connect over phone calls that last for hours without the other person being bored. Over voiceovers and memes. Over our mutual love for coffee and our mutual hate for human beings. We are as antisocial as they get, yet social enough for the two of us. He has listened to me try over an empty tub of ice cream at the last slice of cake. I am his go-to person when he's out of conversations in the middle of a day. I don't really believe in he's the one, yet somehow I know that he's the only one who would answer my phone call at odd times of the day, who'd be my wake-up call, who I'd happily juggle the time difference for, who'd probably laugh when I fall, who will always have a piece of my heart, even though I'm not sure about all these things who I'm certain about in my uncertainties, who is the kind of adorable I like, who knows that boyfriends and girlfriends come and go, but what we have is for life. <laughs> Audience, as you can hear, this is what I was referring to, the depth of emotion, the depth of feeling that you have for your friend, uh, and really shows through your piece, mm -hmm. Minion. I have some specific questions for you about it. Is this actually called Minion or our origin story? It's called an or our origin story, but I save it as Minion because that's what I call him sometimes. Oh. So... Four friends, none of them listed under their own names. So. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why I saved the file under that. The poem is called Our Origin Story because it kind of talks about how it all started. Right, right. Yeah. If you don't mind enlightening me a bit about this Phil K, Sarah K, an origin story that you mentioned in the first stanza. Yes, so Phil K and Sarah K, as a part of the project, voice they have done a piece uh, which is called an origin story mm -hmm. and the first time I came across it I knew that this was us that you mentioned mm -hmm. because they also talk about because they shared similar last name they kind of look way similar so it's either hey are you guys siblings hey are you guys dating mm -hmm. something that mm -hmm. always gets asked and they wrote a poem about it that mm -hmm. it's it's not the case Oh, we are not dating and we are not siblings, but they went way back. They bumped into each other in, I guess, high school or something, but they mm -hmm. connected during their first poetry in college. Mm -hmm. I think. And, and then they talk about how rare it is to find someone who shares the same last name and stuff like how they have always been there for each other mm -hmm. and 
how funny it is to have this relationship. It's kind of like Sherlock Holmes and John Watson, to be mm-hmm. honest, so that the similar feeling. Mm-hmm. So they talk about friendship a lot. They talk about how rare it is to find a friend who is so close that you can date, but you don't really want to. Mm-hmm. That's what they're talking about in that piece. Um, I have watched it so many times. I lost count of it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's a great piece. Everybody should watch it if they have not mm-hmm. yet. It's called An Origin Story by Sergei and Sarate. It's a part of Project Voice. Okay. And the way they have performed this is extraordinary. Wow, yeah. okay, well, I'll go look it up then. <laughs> yeah. It's on YouTube, I guess. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay, yeah. Oh, great, yeah. I'll go look that up. I also wanted to find out what you meant by there something where you were talking about who'd probably laugh when I fall. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is based on a very silly thing. I think we had gone out to eat ice cream or something, me and him and one of my other friends. And when I'm sitting on a chair, I like pushing the chair back and just, you know, oh, kind of like yeah. where you know you can fall if you go way back, but then you also know that how to maintain that balance. Mm-hmm. And they started laughing at me saying that if you fall, again, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to laugh at you. And I was <laughs> like, that's just very mean. But they were like, yeah, that's how it is. So it's in a very literal sense it's not metaphorical or anything mm-hmm. metaphorically he catch me if i fall mm-hmm. but no not literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 i was wondering about that because everything else has both metaphorical and literal senses yeah. so i wasn't sure where that was going and also you had said the two lines after who will always be a piece of my heart even though i'm not sure about always anymore do you mind if i ask you what that means Yes, so I think the words like always, forever, even I love you, they are so overused these days, people don't really think, oh, we'll always be friends, or we are best friends forever, but they don't really give it a thought, Mm -hmm. and given the kind of person that I am, I choose my words very carefully, Mm -hmm. I mean, I like choosing my words very carefully, Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say I love you unless I mean it, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say that I'll be there with you always. Mm. unless I knew it. Mm. But then there have been several incidents in my life where I met some people and it didn't work out. We were supposed to be together, but yeah. it didn't work out. And some things happen. Sometimes you meet the wrong kind of people. Yeah. And you kind of lose faith in other people's words. Mm. Yeah, so it's more like just because you're honest mm. doesn't mean the whole world is honest. Right. That's where it came from, that you will always have a piece of my heart, but I'm not sure about the word always anymore in my life. Okay, that's really good to tease out. (laughs) Thank you. You know, as I always ask, especially since he's been your friend for some time now, I don't know when, well, I guess the first question is, when did you write this particular book? I wrote this not too long ago, this December Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I wrote this when I had gone home for a winter break. Okay. That's when I wrote this poem. This poem has so many backstories to it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tell (laughs) us. Yeah, that's actually where I'm trying to get at. Yes. There was this one time when I performed a piece and I had a friend with me who was supposed to record me performing. Right. But somehow his camera malfunctioned and his phone turned off and he couldn't record the entire piece. And my friend here, Minion, he likes having all the videos because obviously he's not here, so he can't see. And he was kind of upset that he didn't get to see me perform. So Mm -hmm. we kind of made a deal that when I go home, 
and when we seen each other, I write a poem for him, not like about him, but I write a poem and I perform just for him. Like he'd be the only person in the mm-hmm. audience. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, why not? And three days before my flight, I realized that we hadn't done this yet. Mm-hmm. So one night, I am thinking about how I won't be seeing my friends for a very long time now. And mm-hmm. I think I need to perform something for him. And what better way to go about it than to perform a poem mm-hmm. that's about him, like mm-hmm. about us. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started writing Okay. Yeah. What was his reaction? He was so surprised. And he's not very expressive, to be very honest. Uh-huh. I think he might have cried, but he doesn't admit to it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. You have all these. Well, you, you know each other now for what? It's quite a few I years. I think six years now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, six Seven, I think. Yeah, so you have a general idea of how he's feeling, even if yeah. he's not, yeah. even if he's not expressing, yeah. 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 And what about this question, are you guys dating? I mean... <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me that, <laughs> I'd be really rich, to be really honest. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes it seems like we're dating because we tend to know a lot about each other we are each other's daily makeup calls and we talk a lot I guess and I think people might think that because I am probably the only person he talks this much to so they might see that that's that's why but the way we see it as long as both of us are here in our heads what what we have is so much more than a relationship to be very honest Mm -hmm. like how we love each other with all of our heart but we are not in love with other there's mm-hmm. a difference okay yeah i i love him a lot and he is a very special person in my life but no we are not dating oh yeah no that's that's definitely clear i, <laughs> I was just wondering because part of the reason i enjoy this poem so much is the fact that you and a guy both of you sounds like you're straight that you obviously love each other well from the story now we know that both sides, but then you decide both to be friends. It's kind of refreshing in a way. I mean, part of it is also that so many people, when they're looking for love, they want somebody who's like their best friend. Yeah. Right? So it seems like you already have that, the basis for something long term. Yeah. So that's where the passion comes from, where I imagine most people's passion comes from. Yeah, so we don't have any control over what's going to happen in the future. So I don't know where we're going to end up. But the thing is, right now we're not dating. And sometimes I have seen relationships fall apart. And the thing that keeps on, the thought that keeps bugging me is, in case this was true, if we were dating, Mm-hmm. And if our relationship falls apart, not only do I lose a partner, I also lose a best friend, which right. is kind of scary. Right. Because people say it's you can be friends, but I don't think so. I mean, I wouldn't say I don't think so, but I have seen so many people drifting their separate ways after their relationship falls apart. And people who were so serious that they considered marrying each other and some things just don't work out and not having him in my life is kind of scary. Mm-hmm. So uh, waking up one day and just realizing that there's no us now 
Mm. Yeah, I never really thought about it in that way that people who look for love are best forced. They want a best friend, right? A lot of people, obviously, it differs from person to person. Yeah. But a lot of people, when they imagine the perfect love, a friendship is the basis of a good friendship. Yes, so who knows? I mean, I never really thought about it this way, but yeah, I don't think so it would ever end up in a relationship. At least for now, I don't think that's going to be. Who knows? Well, yeah, I mean, the risk factor is definitely yeah. understandable because when you're dating somebody, it's it's, it's like not the it's, same. It's not the same. But friendship, we are so open with each other. Um, I can literally talk to him about anything. And um, I have seen, I mean, it's easier said than done or maybe because I've never been in a relationship. I don't have anything to compare to. Mm-hmm. But um, I have seen friends who are in a relationship relationship and my siblings um, they are not sometimes I feel I'm more open with my friends than they are to their partner is, mm-hmm. is what I have seen right but do you feel like that's the nature of, of a relationship when the nature of their relationship to other people do you find that their their relationship with their friends are closer than their relationship with their partners romantic partners sometimes I do sometimes mm-hmm. I do that uh, they are closer to their friends as compared to their, I don't know why, or maybe I just met very few people and all of them turned out to be the same, maybe that's the case, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, sometimes I feel, I uh, like it uh, when, you know, like, like there are tiny things about, um, friends that annoy you but you still love each other, right? Mm-hmm. In a relationship, these tiny things end up in huge fights is what right. I mean. Right. Well you you in well it become if it becomes a cohabitating romantic relationship, yes. then you see each other a lot more. That so the interaction is so much more intimate in many ways. Yeah. And so what bothers you about a friend Maybe something that you can leave behind for a while. You yeah. Because you don't look. But with a relationship, yeah, I mean, it's like yeah. in your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But like I've said, he's he's like, he has set a bar. Or I have three guy friends and they have set a bar. And if the partner that I'm looking for doesn't meet that standard, I don't think we'd ever work out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, yeah, they are just really close to my heart. Great. I think it's wonderful to set good standards, especially in a relationship, because that's, you know, like I said, it's so intimate. It's so, so interweave into your personal life yeah. that you want to have a high bar. You want yes. to be able to trust that person. Exactly. So, yeah. Makes sense, and um, unfortunately, my <laughs> experience, as you saw in my poem, was completely opposite. opposite. <laughs> I, I am still looking for that particular kind of friendship where you know you can have that that incredible amount of trust and also closeness and still the trust. Yes. So. Um, so I'm going to read that, uh, and, uh, and then we can talk about it.
and it's called Reflections on a Recently Departed Past. I fell on a cactus not so long ago, and for a while, a stigmata appeared on my hand. In my naivete, I have wondered, for what cause would I be sacrificed? And soon enough, an answer manifested. The pain seemed unendurable, and the world that shone brightly in my innocence inverted to an unrecognizable abyss through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends. And the dizzying spinning did not stop, though I howled my Dolores pleads in a... Sorry, let's start again. Though through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends, and the dizzying spinning did not stop, though I howled, my Dolores pleads in a 360, under the misguided laughable belief they'd stop if only they knew they were causing me misery. Ah, those were the days when I still believed that barbarity lived far from me. The duality of surface and interior dealt harsh lessons on a heart, desperate to keep faith with a hoard unfaithful, wanting to entrust a treasure to marauding bandits dressed in politess, foolishly invested in the axiom that there's honor amongst thieves. That is such a beautiful piece. Thank you. Um, yeah, it has so many layers to it, but can meet to read it twice or thrice to read it, which is Mm -hmm. At least I had to read it a couple of times before mm -hmm. I could uh, understand where it's going. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's really beautiful. And I, I did have certain questions about this poem. Mm -hmm. um, so the way I see it, I think you have, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is how I interpreted your poem. Is it about you growing up? Um, kind of. Not physically growing up. This yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. More definitely a loss of innocence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like how, how when we are kids, we are so not not kids. Like there's a, a certain point in life in which you are really innocent and you you trust that you know it's worth it, fairy land and somewhere mm. that that goes away. Mm -hmm. And I kind of felt that you are talking about. Um, about that in this poem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, did you mean the first line of the poem itself is so captivating? I fell on a cactus not so long ago. So are you, uh, the way I interpreted it is maybe a little bird playing something literally falls down. Um, yeah, I did literally fall on a cactus. <laughs> Unfortunately, I wasn't a little girl. <laughs> I wish I had that as an excuse, but. Um, <laughs> We were we were in a desert park, uh, and I just I was going downhill, and I'm not uh, it wasn't a real path, um, but it was, you know, it was one of those paths that's worn because people have taken it. Mm -hmm. So when I went down, I actually fell on my butt, and literally my palm went on a cactus. Cactus. It was painful. It was really painful. Actually. 
I, if I remember correctly, it was a little bit less painful than I thought it would be, and fortunately the thorns didn't break. It just it just kind of stopped. Oh. Yeah, it, it was kind of yeah. okay. <laughs> I hope you didn't have a good one in emergency. Room. Fortunately, no, no, just palm bleeding. It was it yeah. just interesting. Um, I, I was just saying to the other yesterday, actually, saying mm-hmm. uh, to someone that my poems, when I write them, it's usually some a line that comes to me, and then I write, and I don't know where I'm going to end up. <laughs> and so when I wrote the first stanza, or even the first line, I really didn't know that this is where I was going to go with that particular poem. Oh, that happens with me as well. I just start writing something, mm-hmm. and and I don't know how I'm going to end it. Right. Uh, or sometimes I don't know where to stop. Like, I'll keep talking about a particular topic and, mm-hmm. or the thing that I'm writing about. And it's kind of difficult when it comes to a poem to know where to stop. Mm-hmm. Like, the end point is sometimes it's difficult, sometimes it comes naturally. Yeah, I, I found myself sometimes I've, I would write something long and then later on I would realize when I go back to it and realize, okay, I just completely switched topics and it's actually two different poems that it just kind of <laughs> one fell into another so then I cut them and make them into two different poems. Yeah. yeah. That happens. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind me asking, um, uh, there are these lines, the pain seemed unendurable and the world that shone brightly in my innocence inverted to an unrecognizable abyss is what I believe really lost innocence. Yeah. Well, but, uh, then you have talked about through the unfathomable actions of one's dear friends. Do, do you mind talking a little bit about that? No, I don't. Thank you for <laughs> asking. Um, it... Well, I didn't... I didn't... You know, there's some... Im- embellishment in this particular poem. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not true to facts okay. specifically. Um, except for the pain. I felt uh-huh. it was the pain was incredibly unendurable. It was mm-hmm. uh, like much worse than the cap having a thorn of cactus mm-hmm. in your palm. Um, and it lasted a long time and I've been using poetry over the last year, year and a half as sort of a therapeutic tool, mm-hmm. um, and it's helped me to express things, as you said in the beginning of the podcast, things that I might not be able to express otherwise. And it was a betrayal. Um, something that um, something had happened to me, and I thought these people I thought were my friends would back me up, but they even actually appear as if they would back me up. They didn't, and um, they affect back the other person, and 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 they lied in order to uh, oh. do that, um, and they ostracized me in order to do that. So, um, so it was a really painful experience because they themselves had recognized the action of the other person was wrong. Um, even before it happened to me, they had talked about how he's done something like that before. And and so for them to go to the lens that they did in order to protect him for reasons that I still don't understand and no one explained 
Um, so I, I felt incredible pain of betrayal of, of hurt uh, because of that. So it wasn't it wasn't totally out of naivety that I believed that. It was more they were signaling I just didn't know them as well as I thought I did. Um, and I would say that 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 is what my I meant by my naivety. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I was talking about in my poem, about how I don't believe them always. Right, so yeah. It's kind of similar, which is why I could connect a little bit to this this stanza mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah. you, you sometimes kind of meet people and you start losing faith in certain things. Mm -hmm. you, you kind of start watching your steps the next time, uh, and, and it's kind of sad in a way because um, who knows, the other person might actually be a good person, but you are watching your steps and you have raised that, created that wall around you so yeah. as to not get hurt. Yeah. I mean, we are socialized by our interactions, yeah. right? So every time, and though it's unfair to innocent people who have not come into our lives yet at that point, the fact is, every time we are hurt, we close ourselves off a little bit, and uh, you know we still want the connection, but it becomes a little bit more difficult to have the connection sometimes. It's it's not fair for ourselves as well as other people we haven't met yet. At the same time, this is what happens, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I want to bring a very egregious example, which is the fact that the the shoe bomber on the plane is the reason that we all take off our shoes and our belts and all these things, Yeah. you know, even though there were other preventative measures before. But just because of this one person who fortunately did not succeed, but obviously he tried. And that is very problematic for our society that, you know, some, uh, a few bad apples really cause us to sort of dismiss the whole bushel you know, from both a prejudice point of view as well as from a, a, you know, how do we protect ourselves and still let the right people through? It's very difficult. It, it is, it is. I totally relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I could really, I, I really like the second paragraph a lot where you, you kind of talk about how things changed mm -hmm. and inverted for you in, in a, and it's written so well, um, mm -hmm. I don't think I could have done it. <laughs> um, about the last paragraph, there is a lot of um, antithesis going on in there. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, uh, do, you, do you mind talking a little bit about the last paragraph, what you want to convey through the last paragraph? Because that's, that's kind of where I lost you a little bit, mm -hmm. especially in the last line, foolishly invested in the action that there's honor amongst thieves. Uh, yeah, I actually think about that line myself sometimes because, you know, it kind of makes you think that we're all thieves, right? Yeah. <laughs> something akin to thieves. But, you know, the idea that even if we're imperfect, that there is an honor code, basically. Yeah. But there was, uh, the second stanza sort of shows that there was a violation of that honor code. So basically is that I believed in certain honor codes and I felt that they believe in the same honor code. 
partly because they kept saying this is wrong. So, so you know, their actions and their words were completely opposite each other. So it gives you this kind of, um, I forget the term, um, where your mind is thinking, oh, okay, they believe in something. If you, you know, if somebody says, I'm going to do A, and does B. Yeah, <laughs> or even Z. Yeah. <laughs> then, then there's a, there's something, there's something in your mind you're, where you're just like, what? You, you're sort of, you know, completely, you just, it, it, it's a shock, you know, yeah. and it takes some time to get Award. over the shock and get through the shock and through the pain of the shock. And, and so, and I had thought, you know, because they were so, they had started out saying or quote unquote pretending to be so supportive that they would actually continue to be supportive, whereas I don't even know now when they started already to undermine yeah. what I was trying to do. So, um, <laughs> sorry, we made it makes it more difficult to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I can imagine, which is why I, um, yeah, I, I usually don't try to about, uh, Usually when I start writing about things that are difficult to talk about, I end up trying in like a stanza or two. Yeah. And it's really difficult to go through the entire poem. Um, so I tend to write about happy things or things that make me mm-hmm. happier because that's that's how I have always seen writing to be. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, it's, it's like an escape, I would say, um, okay. from... The other things that are going on. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're having a bad day, it's too stressful. Mm-hmm. Go write a poem. Go write something in your journal. Kind mm-hmm. of like that. There, I feel like there is that aspect for me, but for me, it is going through it. Um, more poetry or writing helps me to think through things. Um, at the same time, it does help me to escape because the the process of writing focuses my mind on the process of writing yeah. so that I'm my mind is less focused on feeling the pain. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, and I, I was, again, describing this to people. I've done this before where I basically said my poetry is like emotional throw-up. You know, <laughs> hopefully people don't look at it that way, but no, it, no, feels, no. it feels that visceral um, yeah. to me. And I've written happy... I've written happy poems, so they're in the right part. Um, uh, yeah, the one, the first time I really liked your poetry was was the same time we met for the first time mm-hmm. at, at the study room. And I think they had given us a bunch of words, and mm-hmm. we were supposed to pick five and write something. And you picked all of them and wrote something. <laughs> and I was like, you go, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think that was the first time I realized I can write to prompt. Oh. Yeah, I or or maybe like second, third, but yeah, it's yeah. only been since over the last twelve months that I realized I can write to prompt. Yeah. They're not always the quality of the results are not always the same, but like I was surprised and happily surprised by that ability and like awesome. <laughs> because now I'm really busy. So I don't always have the time to write. So 
So when I do go to a workshop or something where we have to write to prompt, it's great. Yeah. It just forces me to kind of just like go write something. Right. Yeah. I still haven't hit that point yet. I am so bad at writing at prompts. Like maybe if it might happen that you give me a prompt to which I have a similar story or an incident to share mm -hmm. and I can write about it. Right. If you give me a prompt which I've never experienced or which I can't think anything about, it's it's kind of I'm still not there yet, I think. I, I right. can't try to really work on prompts. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, every every writer has their own process, you know. Sometimes I always thought I would be the kind of person that if you give me a prompt, I would write later. I'll think about it, I'll write later. I mean there is still the delay reaction. I can do there's a thing called improvised uh, poetry, poetry orchestra, usually the first Tuesday of every month at Film Bar, where you're literally writing while there's a bunch of musicians around you, and as you're writing, as they're seeing your words projected on the screen, they play music. Oh, I am not, um, so far, well, I've only done it once, but I haven't been able to be able to write cogently mm -hmm. through that process. That to me is like really impressive. There was somebody who did that. I don't know if it was already something written that he's just remembering, but that's like improvising like that is more difficult. Prompts are kind of easier. Yeah, yeah so, so again, I feel like it's just different for each poet and the process is different. Um, and it's kind of fun going through all these events and looking yes. at all the criteria to see where you are better than others and where and then you can figure out where and which area you want to improve yourself or try harder or which one areas you kind of want to stick with and yeah i i the best part about coming to the states for me was uh connecting to ports mm -hmm. because in india i used to write when i was back in but uh, I didn't know or I didn't connect with so many um, artists and writers and poets mm -hmm. because India has an amazing it like does, it does. History, yeah right? it does but it's just that I never thought I could do this the mm -hmm. first time the first time I performed was also so spontaneous I I mean, I I always wanted to do it, but I never thought that um, okay, I actually go and do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Right. When 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 you see a YouTube video, you think that oh, I want to do this too, mm -hmm. but then you're not really sure if you can. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So I was kind of at that stage while I was in India, and when I came here, and I I just thought, what's the worst that could <laughs> right, right. I mean, you're already in this new experience, right? Yeah. In school and everything, so why not just add another new experience? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's the worst I mean, you know? So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I really like, I would never regret my decision of coming to the States because it made me step out of my comfort zone so much that mm -hmm. I believe I grew as a person mm -hmm. in the last one year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, this this is a really beautiful piece, and thank you. Honestly, I had to read it like three times to <laughs> to 
finally figured out if I'm on the right track. But I'm glad to know that I did get it. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, I, I, it's definitely me being. Like I want to talk about my pain, but I always want to sound pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's it's difficult writing about pain because um, I come across so many pieces which are it has become uh, monotonous. So this mm-hmm. is very new because uh, these days there are I don't know what's wrong with this world. It's so many posts about heartbreaks and. Mm-hmm relationships going south and we write about it and it's like you read the first two lines and you kind of know where the poem is going Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it wasn't the case with that this poem is what I like so much that it's you you need to read it till the end to understand what Mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. poet is trying to say Mm -hmm, yeah so yeah that's probably because I had no idea where I was going with this when I started writing. You know, That's always like, the best best way to go about writing. Yeah, I mean, it, that's why I like, um, you know, it's really like going on a journey with somebody. Yeah, you you, you, you just take off. You don't know where yeah, you're going. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's the best kind of writing. Yeah. When I start writing a blog, that's usually the case. I don't know what I'm going to write about. I just start cramping about something and mm-hmm. maybe later decide that okay fine maybe I can mold it into a story or maybe it could be just a prose but with a little more structure and less of chaos in it. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so that's how it goes most of the times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's much better to do it that way because when you get down the essence of how you're feeling. Yeah. And no matter even though words are very, you know, they're very concrete, they're very esoteric in many, many ways, it's income paper or even electronic income mm-hmm. paper, the feelings come across. Yeah. And if you and don't get the feeling down first, you worry about the form first, then you lose it. Which is why I like letters so much, like read postcards or handwritten letters because, you know, you when you're writing letters, you don't really care about what you're writing because obviously I write letters for people who are very close to my heart. So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes when you're in a rush to say something and the scribble kind of tells you, the way it's written kind of tells you what the other person is feeling. And mm-hmm. That's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you said you don't you don't really write letters. No, I because these days, like my friends are back in India and mm. I'm here, so and USPS lost a couple of my postcards. I did try yeah. that, but they lost it. Yes. So um, so right these days I write emails, but I do make it a point when I go home or when I visit them. They, I do give them a hundred letter before oh, wow. so, so yeah, nice. that's 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 something it's it's more like a ritual these days now. That you know, this, this has to be there. I love birthday emails everybody should get a letter on their birthday. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 mandatory I think. You should, you know, even if it's like you know sure you can say something nice on someone's mm-hmm. birthday. You can find if something so maybe that's that's probably because that's just the way I'm wired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I think um, I like what you said about you know 
being able to, or knowing someone so well that you're able to tell by the way they're right and writing is changing through the letter, their emotions. Yeah. And that is an aspect that that we lost because we don't use it anymore and we don't think about. It. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But can I ask you when you said so? You know, coming to the stage, you're able to. You know, you did these things. You kind of made yourself grow by having these new experiences. Since then, have you, when you've gone back to India, first of all, where in India? If you I am, no, I don't. Uh, I'm, I don't know if you're from here. I'm from Gujarat. It's, uh, okay. it's on the west side. Okay. I've heard of it. I've been to India, but not, oh, you not have? that far. Where, where do you, uh, um, I'm guessing that far. Definitely Mumbai, <laughs> but we, uh, I've been to several parts of India, okay. actually. Okay. So, um, I'm, I'll tell you offline. Uh-huh. Because, um, so going back to my question a little bit, yeah. uh, just when you've gone home, now that you've had this experience where you're going to open mic, have you gone to an open mic in Gujarat? In, in Gujarat? No, because uh, when I went, it was a very short break and uh, we didn't yeah. have an event. Okay. Um, and where I'm from, they are still, uh, if you go to Bangalore and cities like that, mm-hmm. they have open mics very frequently. Right. But the place where I live, it doesn't have uh, open mics as frequent as other cities, like mm-hmm. Mumbai might have open mics, but Bangalore might have open mics, but where I'm from, I, at least I didn't come across an event. Right. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, open mics is such a great, uh, Feeling it, uh, I'm so glad I did that because it, it has so many layers to it and so many stories I could write about it. For instance, when I send my videos to my parents, and um, my mom tells me that my parents don't understand English, uh, so they don't understand what I'm performing. Okay. What do they speak? Uh, they, they talk in Marathi, that's our native language. Sorry, um, could you say that again? It's, it's Marathi. Marathi. So okay. I'm a Maharashtrian. Mm-hmm. I was born in Maharashtra, but brought up in Gujarat. Okay. So, um, so they are they communicate in that language, and they also know the native Hindi language, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hindi are, is more than national. Yeah. Right, but yeah, it's yeah. So it's like most people in India you expect that to know Hindi. Right. So, um, but yet my mom tells me that dad watched the video like five times in. Ten times that I'm like I don't know what he understood from that. <laughs> he just likes to see me go up and perform, and he's just um, so proud about it that I'm doing all these things. So they nice. so, sound like really great and supportive parents. They are. They are. They are very supportive. If because the first, my dad actually I have, and I mean it in the nicest way possible, but I have been a very pampered and a spoiled daughter. <laughs> so so when I was coming here, my dad was really paranoid how I'm gonna manage because twenty three years of my life he was there and it's it's more like my dad had this feeling that uh, if anything goes wrong, mm-hmm. he'd be there yeah, to yeah. take care of it. Now that I'm here, it's scary for him as well that right. uh, you know, if something goes wrong, he can guide me, sure, that, mm-hmm. you know, you can do this or you can do that. 
that. But that's about it. I have to take care of it myself. Right. So it's it was kind of scary for both of us. It was mm-hmm. really strange. Yeah. My mom was really supportive about it. She wanted me to, you know, go places and do everything I've always wanted to do in my life. And yeah, but my dad still worries. Like, I wouldn't call him. Like, if if I am thirty minutes late in calling, he get all dressed. Like, why haven't you called? <laughs> and yeah, mm-hmm. so that's that's my dad for you guys. No, I I think I, it's great and. It's also wonderful that they did they did let you go. I mean, yeah. even though obviously they were worried and, and you know, as parents, I, I can understand why they were worried, obviously. Um, at the same time, even if you were there, if you had stayed, no matter what, he can't possibly do everything for you. Right? Yeah, exactly. I would, I would probably, if, if even if I was in India, I'd probably go to some other city for a work and right. stuff like that. Yeah. So, after a certain point, it was just the fact knowing that I'm in another country was scarier for them, I think. Because in India, we can still visit on weekends and mm. stuff. And, you know, maybe I could take... It's such a huge country. Yeah, but still, you can plan visits like every three months or every mm. two months. Sure. Uh, sure. That's, that's possible. You can take a day off work and, you know, plan a three-day trip. But that's not possible when you're here because it takes what thirty-six hours to reach there. Yeah, when I came back, my my travel time was thirty-six hours. It was so wow. exhausting. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so you can't really plan a three-day trip. No. Yeah. You know, like even a week is kind it's of short. Like short because yeah. most of the time, the first week you are jet lagged. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So there's that, but yeah, I am. I as I said, I'm never gonna regret my decision of coming here. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad I took that step. Mm-hmm. Helped me do it so many ways. Yeah, and it's great to see you read and <laughs> listen to your poem, and yeah, it, it's wonderful. And and also, you know, that you brought this example of deep friendship between uh, a woman and a man. Yeah, which is you know something that people don't talk about. All yeah, they much. don't. Um, I don't know. It is it, 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 it might be just me or uh, other people might have similar experience, experiences. But uh, so, like I said, I have had I have known these people since high school, and mm-hmm. um, so I have only one boyfriend, two. Mm-hmm. So and the rest of my friends. Three of them, they are guys. So I, I kind of always felt comfortable around uh, them. So maybe it's just me that I got along with them better than I got along with girls or something like that. Mm, I'm the but same way, actually. Well, up to more recently, and I think I think it's you know the, because my primary examples are, are like that, um, and so. Um, but now I'm finding it's more about. What you share in common with someone? Yeah, gender is just yes. gender is just secondary. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's just you know it it doesn't come into picture. And like I said, it's always great to meet someone who shares the same level of crazy as you. Yes, always. Thank you. Yeah. When you say hey, you do that too. That's the beginning of a new friendship. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I get that. I get that. Well, anyway, um. 
I would love to, uh, you know, let the audience know where we can see you next. Um, well, I'd be, I'm not too sure where I'd be next, because like I, like I was before, I might be moving out of Tempe, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure where I'd be moving to. I'm kind of in the job hunting phase right, right now. So let's see where um, life takes me, okay. I guess. And, uh, but yeah, people can always find me post up on my blog. Yes, so, tell us yes. where. So where is your blog? My blog, my blog is called her beautiful pandemonium dot blogspot dot thing. So blog, blogspot. Okay. So it's it's on Blogger, but if you just Google her beautiful pandemonium, I'm pretty sure uh, it's the first link that comes up. Great, great. Yeah. And you'll send me the link okay. so I can post yeah. it on the great podcast. Ah, the <laughs> podcast notes. I will throw that in there so yeah. people can find you. Yeah. Yeah, it will be nice to be more of the things. Yes. Um, do you post regularly or? I make, I try and post one each month. Okay. Great. So that's what my attempt sometimes I feel. But well, you have school. You have, you have a great <laughs> So sometimes, yeah, I miss a month, and next month I'm like, oh, I missed a month. <laughs> so, but yeah, I do try and post one each month. Great. Yeah. Awesome. So, well, you heard it. My beautiful pandemonium, is it? Her beautiful pandemonium. Oh, her beautiful pandemonium. Uh, at blog post. Yeah, blog spot. Blog spot. Yes. Okay, I'll just put the URL. Yeah. So you don't get the wrong thing. Yes. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for coming on to the show and talking with me about your phone. Well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, thank you for having me. Of course, of course. Yeah. Thank you. And that concludes the Sunday, May 12th episode of Poets and Muses. Please follow us on SoundCloud, Instagram, as well as Twitter under Poets and Muses. You can also sign up for our weekly newsletter at the upper right-hand side of our Poets and Muses SoundCloud page. I'm your host, Imogen A-Rate. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week, and I look forward to bringing you another episode next Sunday.